I want there to be so much evidence that if I'm ever put on trial for my faith in Jesus, that it'll be the world's shortest trial. This is the LifeSpring Family Audio Bible coming to you from Riverside, California. And podcasting since 2004, I'm your OG Godcaster, Steve Webb. This is the daily podcast where we read the entire Bible in a year. What's your day like today? We got some summer showers here, completely unexpected. It's good to see you and I'm glad you're here. Today we're going to read Matthew 8 through 10. After that, of course, I'll have some comments and then we'll do our On This Day in Church History segment and we'll have a short time of prayer. Let's get started. Matthew chapter 8 Jesus came down from the hill, and a large crowd followed him. Then a man sick with leprosy came to him. The man bowed down before Jesus and said, Lord, you have the power to heal me if you want. Jesus touched the man. He said, I want to heal you. Be healed. Immediately the man was healed from his leprosy. Then Jesus said to him, Don't tell anyone about what happened, but go and let the priest look at you and offer the gift that Moses commanded for people who were made well. This will show everyone that you are healed. Jesus went to the city of Capernaum. When he entered the city, an army officer came to him and begged for help. The officer said, Lord, my servant is very sick at home in bed. He can't move his body and has much pain. Jesus said to the officer, I will go and heal him. The officer answered, Lord, I'm not good enough for you to come into my house. You need only to give the order and my servant will be healed. I know this because I understand authority. There are people who have authority over me, and I have soldiers under my authority. I tell one soldier, go, and he goes. I tell another soldier, come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and my servant obeys me. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed. He said to those who were with him, The truth is, this man has more faith than anyone I have found, even in Israel. Many people will come from the east and from the west. These people will sit and eat with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in God's kingdom. And those who should have the kingdom will be thrown out. They will be thrown outside into the darkness where people will cry and grind their teeth with pain. Then Jesus said to the officer, Go home. Your servant will be healed the way you believed he would. Right then his servant was healed. Jesus went to Peter's house. He saw that Peter's mother-in-law was in bed with a high fever. He touched her hand, and the fever left her. Then she stood up and began to serve him. That evening, people brought to Jesus many people who had demons inside them. He spoke, and the demons left the people. He healed all those who were sick. So Jesus made clear the full meaning of what Isaiah the prophet said. He took away our diseases and carried away our sicknesses. When Jesus saw the crowd around him, he told his followers to go to the other side of the lake. Then a teacher of the law came to him and said, Teacher, I will follow you any place you go. Jesus said to him, The foxes have holes to live in, the birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to rest. Another of Jesus' followers said to him, Lord, I will follow you too, but let me go and bury my father first. But Jesus said to him, Follow me, and let those who were dead bury their own dead. Jesus got into a boat, and his followers went with him. After the boat left the shore, a very bad storm began on the lake. The waves covered the boat, but Jesus was sleeping. The followers went to him and woke him. They said, Lord, save us, we will drown. 
Jesus answered, Why are you afraid? You don't have enough faith. Then he stood up and gave a command to the wind and the water. The wind stopped, and the lake became very calm. The men were amazed. They said, What kind of man is this? Even the wind and water obey him. Jesus arrived at the other side of the lake in the country of the Gadarene people. There, two men who had demons inside them came to him. They lived in the burial caves and were so dangerous that no one could use the road by those caves. They came to Jesus and shouted, What do you want with us, Son of God? Did you come here to punish us before the right time? Near that place there was a large herd of pigs feeding. The demons begged Jesus, If you make us leave these men, please send us into that herd of pigs. Jesus said to them, Go. So the demons left the men and went into the pigs. Then the whole herd of pigs ran down the hill into the lake, and all were drowned. The men who had the work of caring for the pigs ran away. They went into town and told the people everything that had happened, especially about the men who had the demons. Then the whole town went out to see Jesus. When the people saw him, they begged him to leave their area. Matthew chapter 9 He entered into a boat and crossed over and came into his own city. Behold, they brought him to a man who was paralyzed, lying on a bed. Jesus, seeing their faith, said to the paralytic, Son, cheer up, your sins are forgiven you. Behold, some of the scribes said to themselves, This man blasphemes. Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Why do you think evil in your hearts? For which is easier, to say, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Get up and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, then he said to the paralytic, Get up and take your mat and go up to your house. He arose and departed to his house. But when the multitudes saw it, they marveled and glorified God, who had given such authority to men. As Jesus passed by from there, he saw a man called Matthew sitting at the tax collection office. He said to him, Follow me. He got up and followed him. As he sat in the house, behold, many tax collectors and sinners came and sat down with Jesus and his disciples. When the Pharisees saw it, they said to his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? When Jesus heard it, he said to them, Those who are healthy have no need for a physician, but those who are sick do. But you go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. For I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Then John's disciples came to him, saying, Why do we and the Pharisees fast often, but your disciples don't fast? Jesus said to them, Can the friends of the bridegroom mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? But the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them, and then they will fast. No one puts a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old garment, for the patch would tear away from the garment and a worse hole is made. Neither do people put new wine into old wineskins, or else the skins would burst, and the wine be spilled, and the skins ruined. No, they put new wine into fresh wineskins, and both are preserved. While he told these things to them, behold, a ruler came and worshipped him, saying, My daughter has just died, but come and lay your hand on her, and she will live. Jesus got up and followed him, as did his disciples. Behold, a woman who had an issue of blood for twelve years came behind him and touched the fringe of his garment, for she said within herself, If I just touch his garment, I will be made well. But Jesus, turning around and seeing her, said, 
Daughter, cheer up. Your faith has made you well. And the woman was made well from that hour. When Jesus came into the ruler's house, he saw the flute players and the crowd in noisy disorder. He said to them, Make room, because the girl isn't dead, but sleeping. They were ridiculing him. But when the crowd was put out, he entered in, took her by the hand, and the girl arose. The report of this went out into all that land. As Jesus passed by from there, two blind men followed him, calling out and saying, Have mercy on us, son of David. When he had come into the house, the blind men came to him. Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? They told him, Yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes, saying, According to your faith, be it done to you. Their eyes were opened. Jesus strictly commanded them, saying, See that no one knows about this. But they went out and spread abroad his fame in all that land. As they went out, behold, a mute man who was demon-possessed was brought to him. When the demon was cast out, the mute man spoke. The multitudes marveled, saying, Nothing like this has ever been seen in Israel. But the Pharisees said, By the prince of the demons he casts out demons. Jesus went about all the cities and the villages, teaching in their synagogues, and preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and every sickness among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them, because they were harassed and scattered, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest indeed is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Pray therefore that the Lord of the harvest will send out laborers into his harvest. Matthew chapter 10 He called to himself his twelve disciples, and gave them authority over unclean spirits, to cast them out, and to heal every disease and every sickness. Now the names of the twelve apostles are these. The first, Simon, who is called Peter, Andrew his brother, James the son of Zebedee, John his brother, Philip, Bartholomew, Thomas, Matthew the tax collector, James the son of Alphaeus, Labias who was also called Thaddeus, Simon the Canaanite, and Judas Iscariot who also betrayed him. Jesus sent these twelve out and commanded them, saying, Don't go among the Gentiles, and don't enter into any city of the Samaritans. Rather, Go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. As you go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, and cast out demons. Freely you received, so freely give. Don't take any gold, silver, or brass in your money belts. Take no money for your journey, neither two coats, nor shoes, nor staff, for the laborer is worthy of his food. Into whatever city or village you enter, Find out who in it is worthy, and stay there until you go on. As you enter into the household, greet it. If the household is worthy, let your peace come on it. But if it isn't worthy, let your peace return to you. Whoever doesn't receive you, nor hear your words, as you go out of that house or that city, shake off the dust from your feet. Most certainly, I tell you, it will be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. Behold, I send you out as sheep among wolves. Therefore be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. But beware of men, for they will deliver you up to councils, and in their synagogues they will scourge you. Yes, and you will be brought before governors and kings for my sake, for a testimony to them and to their nations. But when they deliver you up, 
Don't be anxious how or what you will say, for it will be given you in that hour what you will say. For it is not you who speak, but the Spirit of your Father who speaks in you. Brother will deliver up brother to death, and the father his child. Children will rise up against parents and cause them to be put to death. You will be hated by all men for my name's sake, but he who endures to the end will be saved. But when they persecute you in this city, flee into the next. For most certainly I tell you, you will not have gone through the cities of Israel until the Son of Man has come. A disciple is not above his teacher, nor a servant above his Lord. It is enough for the disciple that he be like his teacher, and the servant like his Lord. If they have called the master of the house Beelzebul, how much more those of his household? Therefore, don't be afraid of them, for there is nothing covered that will not be revealed, and hidden that will not be known. What I tell you in the darkness, speak in the light, and what you hear whispered in the ear, proclaim on the housetops. Don't be afraid of those who kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul. Rather, fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in Gehenna. Aren't two sparrows sold for an Assyrian coin? Not one of them falls on the ground apart from your father's will, but the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Therefore, don't be afraid. You are of more value than many sparrows. Everyone, therefore, who confesses me before men, him I also will confess before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, him I will also deny before my Father who is in heaven. Don't think that I come to send peace on the earth. I didn't come to send peace, but a sword. For I came to set a man at odds against his father, and a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's foes will be those of his own household. He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me, and he who loves son or daughter more than me isn't worthy of me. He who doesn't take his cross and follow after me isn't worthy of me. He who seeks his life will lose it, and he who loses his life for my sake will find it. He who receives you receives me, and he who receives me receives him who sent me. He who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. He who receives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man will receive a righteous man's reward. Whoever gives one of these little ones just a cup of cold water to drink in the name of a disciple, most certainly I tell you, he will in no way lose his reward. Let's talk for a few minutes about Matthew chapter 10. Let me read a couple of verses for you from Matthew 10, starting at verse 32. Everyone, therefore, who confesses me before men, him I also will confess before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, him I will also deny before my Father who is in heaven. Of course, those are the words of Jesus, our Savior, and our Lord. You know what Lord means, right? It means one having authority and power over others. So, if he said those words, it's critically important that we do make a stand for Christ, publicly. People need to know that we are followers of Jesus. Again, he said, Anyone, therefore, who confesses me before men, him I will also confess before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, him will I also deny before my Father who is in heaven. Way back in the olden days... 1979, there was a song by a guy who went by the name of Gary S. Paxton. 
The name of the song was Evidence. And one of the verses said, If you were arrested for being a Christian, would there be enough evidence, hey, to help convict you if they took you in front of a panel of judges? Could they find a staunch witness, hey, to help convict you? That song has been with me in the back of my mind for over 40 years. I want there to be so much evidence that if I'm ever put on trial for my faith in Jesus, that it'll be the world's shortest trial, open and shut. The prosecuting attorney will have the easiest summation ever. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, you see the volumes of evidence against Mr. Webb. Do your duty. And the jury goes into the jury room, takes a preliminary vote, which is a unanimous guilty. So they turn right around, march into the courtroom and say, guilty. (laughs) What would your trial be like? I like what Spurgeon said. He said, what Christ is to you on earth, that you will be to Christ in heaven. I shall repeat that truth. Whatever Jesus Christ is to you on earth, you will be to him in the day of judgment. If he be dear and precious to you, you will be precious and dear to him. If you thought everything of him, he will think everything of you. I love that. Now, the next part of the uh, chapter disturbs some people. Let me read that to you, starting at verse 34. Don't think I came to send peace on the earth. I didn't come to send peace, but a sword. For I came to set a man at odds against his father, and a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's foes will be those of his own household. He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me, and he who loves son or daughter more than me isn't worthy of me. He who doesn't take his cross and follow after me isn't worthy of me. He who seeks his life will lose it, and he who loses his life for my sake will find it. Well, this statement about not coming to send peace kind of flies in the face of what we usually think about Jesus. What gives? Well, of course, the overall message of Jesus was one of peace. Look at the Sermon on the Mount. If a man strikes you on the cheek, turn the other. If you are compelled to walk a mile, walk two, and so on. What Jesus meant by this statement here is that he requires such a life-changing commitment to him that some people will reject him. That kind of rejection will divide people, even entire households. And that commitment to him must take priority over everything and everyone else. Okay, so I understand how that might sound harsh to some ears. But hang with me for a moment. Think of what Jesus did. He gave up the glories of heaven to be born a helpless human baby in a stable surrounded by animals in their waste. And he lived not in a palace, but in a working-class home, in a fairly primitive time. He lived a sinless life, only to be mercilessly tortured and executed. And Romans 5.8 says he did this, quote, while we were still sinners, unquote. So the way I see it, the least I can do for him is to put him at the tippy-top of my priorities. And by the way, he's not a hard taskmaster. Next week in chapter 11, we'll read Jesus' words, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavily burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. 
While there can be a cost for following Jesus, the eternal benefits tip the scales heavily in favor of being a Christian. Tomorrow we'll read from Romans 7 and 8. There'll be more meaty teaching from the Apostle Paul. Boost! This day in church history, September 25th, 1800, revival leaders Philip William Otterbein and Martin Boehm established the Church of the United Brethren in Christ. Boehm was brought up in the Mennonite tradition, and Otterbein was a pastor of the German Reformed Church. And on September 25, 1866, Cleland B. McAfee was born. He was an American Presbyterian clergyman, teacher, and hymn writer. He taught systematic theology for 18 years at McCormick Theological Seminary in Chicago, but is best remembered for his hymn, There is a Place of Quiet Rest. Sean sent a boostergram today, but I'm going to talk about what he said in the prayer request segment. But Sean, I will say right now, thank you for the boostergram and the sats, brother. Value for value is how this ball keeps rolling. Time, talent, or treasure. None of this goes on without your involvement, family. If you think it's worth continuing, go to support.lifespringmedia.com and jump right in, both feet. (laughs) Whatever you feel comfortable with. God bless you. Prayer requests. All right, in that boostogram from Sean, he said, Praying for Noni. A broken hip must be excruciating. Well, it's not the hip, it's the pelvis. But uh, yeah, it hurts. He said, Yesterday I watched the smoke from the Northern California fires roll in. Seems like that cooled things down here. Yeah, I noticed that too. I think that's probably why uh, where the uh, summer showers came from today. Um, that change in climate because of that smoke. Uh, we need to pray for the people uh, that uh, have been evacuated, the people that have lost homes, uh, the injured. We need to pray for the uh, firefighters' safety. A lot going on up there in Northern California with all those fires for sure. And then also in uh, Sean's boostergram, he said that he found some termite droppings. That's never a good thing, uh, especially if they're literally sharing your home sharing it in more ways than one. Uh, We'll pray that the damage is small, Sean. And uh, I also got a good report from Dell today. He said he spent the day with Kathy, and she's getting stronger and eating better. A long way to go, but you can see progress. So that is a praise. And another praise, my headaches seem to be gone. It's been over 24 hours since I felt any pain, so I'm very thankful for that. Let's pray. Our God, our loving Heavenly Father, we thank you for paying such a great price to redeem us. When I think of it, I'm just speechless. I can only fall at your feet in praise. We pray again for Noni, Lord, especially since we've become aware of her cognitive decline. Oh, Lord, be with her. Restore her mind, if it is your will. I know you have our days numbered, but if you would touch her mind and her body, we would praise you. But above all, we want your will for her. And thank you again for helping Kathy regain some of her strength and appetite. Continue that work, Lord, we ask in Jesus' name. And thank you for giving me some time without headaches. Health is something we take for granted when we have it, and Lord, I'm sorry that I did that. I'm sorry I took it for granted. I praise you for my health today. Thank you. If there's any LifeSpring family members listening now who are sick or hurting in any other way, I ask now, Lord, that you bring healing to them in Jesus' name. Be with them now, Lord, wherever they are. Touch them and help them to feel your presence. 
I thank you, Lord, for every person listening to this podcast right now, whenever they're listening, whether it's the day of its release or years from now. You knew that they would be listening right now, and it's no accident that they're hearing this at this moment. I pray, God, that you would use the words I spoke today to make a difference in their life and that they would seek to know you better. And if they've not asked Jesus to be their Savior and their Lord, if they've not asked you to forgive their sins and make them clean in your sight, I pray that they would do that now. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Beloved, if you've never asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, now is the time to do that. He said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Jesus is the only way. If you want to know that you'll go to heaven when you die, you can. Just say this prayer with me right now. Dear Lord, say it with me. Dear Lord, I know that I'm a sinner, but I know that you died for my sins. I turn from them now and ask you to help me live my life for you. Please forgive me and be my Savior and my Lord. Show me how to live. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer right now, congratulations, you're now a child of God. Would you be so kind as to do both of us a favor right now? Write to me at steve at lifespringmedia.com and let me know you prayed that prayer. It'll be good for you to do that. It's a good way to start the habit of saying, I'm a Christian, I believe. And I want you to know that I'm here to answer your questions. I want to be of service to you. Family, beloved, when you send your prayer requests in, I will pray for you in my daily private prayer time, and I'll pray for you on the show so that we can all agree together as we take our requests to God. Tell somebody about the show, help them to subscribe, and comment on the show. You can comment at comment.lifespringmedia.com Email me at steve at lifespringmedia.com or go to the show notes page for this episode. And I'll read some of the comments on the show. I do want to hear from you, and so does the rest of the family. Until tomorrow, may God bless you richly. Thank you for being here. It's been great to see you. My name is Steve Webb. Bye. Bye.